Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that answers, or doesn't just ask, the titular question of Netflix or cinema, where should you go to? Which one is becoming more and more pertinent and where should you actually bother spending your money? I am, my name is Tosin, I'm up in near Coventry in the Midlands, and on the Isle of Wight joining me tonight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. <laughs> right, cool. And we're coming after a week off in which I think, Sean, you, you had a bit of car trouble last week, so we couldn't quite record this I thing. did have some car trouble, yes, yes, <laughs> but it's all fixed now. Although yeah. it did go again when I was waiting to get on the ferry. <laughs> But I managed to get on. They said, "So if you don't get it started soon, you won't be getting on the ferry." <laughs> so, but someone come out and sorted it. So, but yeah, it was all right. That's uh, life uh, on an island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's living on an island. That's the, the kind of things you have to worry about. And uh, so, uh, we had a week off last week, which uh, means that we've had a usual sort of backlog. Even though I think summer, summer, I think cinema has been reflecting the English summer this year in that it doesn't realize it's summer yet. There doesn't seem to be that many films about, but. <laughs> But we, we have ended up with four films this week. So we have four rounds of going through this, of what we usually do on, um, uh, on Netflix and cinema. So it's going to be a bit of a rush this week. We're giving ourselves a timer with seven minutes to talk about each film. But first of all, we want to talk about Also Ran. So these are films that we have seen in the week, but did not quite make it into our official round one, round two, round three, round four of Netflix versus cinema. So, Sean, you saw something called American Experience Circus. Do you want to tell us quickly what that was in a week about I that? did. Yeah. Yes, two-part two part documentary about the beginnings of the circus, obviously Barnum Bailey and, you know, about how, how uh, the, the circuses came into being with more and more exotic animals and how it started off small and then trains, actual proper, proper trains. And yeah. then the second one was about the Ringling Brothers and sort of taking over. They joined up and blah, 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 so on, so on. This is, as I say, for a documentary series, it's, it's really, really, it's good. And there's some really, really old footage. And the crowds are huge. There's just, they said, you know, they made so much money because they'd have these big parades with all the animals, exotic animals. And they've got some really old footage, I would say. All right. Probably 1930s, 30s. Okay. Actual, actual footage of the parades, the circus so, parades, and the thousands of people. So pretty much the circus, that was the, pre, the predecessor to the cinema. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, basically, that's it. That's what that's the entertainment was. And people used to work, and it's how they got around. Started yeah. off on wagons, and then they had special trains, and they'd even stop trains. And I think one carriage was about 100 carriages long just wow. to, to tour well, the country. But it was interesting, and then, you know, gradually, has, as obviously with the with the animals and stuff more and more people but it's, it was a really really good documentary well worth right. a watch there's cool. some 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 old footage of of you know some circus acts oh good good stuff now cool. moving on quickly now we we used to do another podcast called they don't make them like they used to and we actually tweeted out an episode of that podcast when we couldn't make it last week um and on that podcast you spoke about a film called phase four which is about ants and you uh, right. I, I actually have this film on my on my viewing list on um net on netflix based on your recommendation it's on netflix now yeah, yeah. but i haven't yeah. seen it yet but, it... You, but you watched this film again this week did you i i did yeah i watched this film again just to see it's a very very odd film it's about how these ants become you know they uh, sort of uh, they can communicate with each other and how they sort of slowly taken over the world. Yeah. As I say, it's, it's a very odd film, but it's worth a watch. It's, it's quite interesting, especially with the ants when they talk to each other. Yeah. And, and 
So, so yeah, it's on there. When I saw it on there, I thought, oh my goodness. What year was that made? About 76, something like oh, that. So not 70. real vintage vintage. Might, might, might have been 70, might, yeah, no, probably earlier than that. Definitely early 70s. Yeah. So, oh, okay. so maybe 74 even, 73, yeah. 74. Yeah, no, I've, I've, yeah, I've had it on my list for about a year because you spoke about it on They Don't Make Him Like They Used To, which you can find now on all good podcast providers. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, so, saw, I, so, yeah. I saw it on there, and then I, and I, we spoke about it on there, and I saw it on Netflix. I was like, ooh, need to watch that one of these days. Sean said it's good. You do, and then you can you can tell me what you thought. Yeah, it's probably tell. really dated. You'll probably think it's dated, but no, it's no, still I think, an I, think it's, film. I think it's the ideas. The ideas were in that yeah. kind of thing. It's because the premise sounds almost a bit like an episode of Black Mirror. But enough of our also rants. Let's get on to uh, the main event. So here we have round one, and we go over to cinemas, and we're going to talk about Toy Story 4 to begin with, which I believe we've all seen. But Sharon, I'm going to let you take this away. Tell us a little bit what this film's about. Yeah, this is the only animated film I plan to see this year. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> I normally sort of manage one a year, and this was it. Uh, basically, this is the Toy Story characters, those people we are well familiar with. You know, with there's um, Woody and Buzz and Bo and Jesse and all the the pig and the slinky dog and all the others i don't know their names potato heads they're all back and this is after andy has grown up who was the owner of the toys originally in the first three films he's now grown up and he's gone away to college and he's given his toys to the neighboring a neighboring child and for woody it's not the same you know he's was andy's toy and being the toy of this little girl called bonnie it's not the same and it's even he's it's sort of Brought home to him, especially when Annie makes this little toy at play school um, oh, called Forky, Bonnie. made out of a Bonnie. Sorry, yeah. she makes this little toy out of um, basically rubbish and old forks, a, a wooden pallet, and some bendy straws. And she calls him Forky. And Forky, <laughs> when he gets taken back to the bedroom, can talk and interact with the other toys. And Forky quickly becomes. Um, this little girl, Bonnie's favourite toy. And so the toys then go on holiday with Bonnie and her family onto this road trip and all sorts of adventures, adventures ensue. And it takes them on, to, on a journey on a physical level and on a metaphysical level as well. <laughs> cool. All right, cool. So that was it. Okay, so I think you, you um, alluded a little bit to it. Uh, by the way, very, very good, concise um, roundup. But you, you alluded a little yeah. bit to it. But uh, oh, there's some things about this film I absolutely love because when they mentioned Toy Story 4, my first reaction was why no yeah. it's perfect <laughs> toy story 3 was perfect i mean that was like the most perfect trilogy ever why are you messing with it and that was that was my real reaction i was really really scared about this film i really thought that this could be where they just messed the whole thing up and but, and and the trailer was I, I must admit i was the same and i didn't think the trailer was particularly good yeah the trailer in fact that I, I think thought the trailer really was like oh my god this is going to be Awful. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the in the trailer, there were two new characters, Ducky and Bunny, and I didn't, yeah, I Ducky didn't like them in the trailer. I did not like no. them in the trailer. I was like, no, that that's just too much. That's too much. I, I I don't like this. And I was so pleasantly surprised with this film. I was like, how did they do it? How did they 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 they, they managed to do something? That because like as you said, this film is really about sort of accepting that your time's over almost, uh, which is what Woody has to do. He has to accept that yeah. the thing that has given his life, in inverted commas, meaning all these years, is no longer there. He doesn't have it anymore. He is not the man anymore. And he has to, he has to figure, figure out where he goes from there. 
But and I also just loved the whole existential crisis that Forky has. When Forky comes in and he's like, I'm supposed to be thrown away. Why am I alive? Why am I alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I thought that was that. Was yeah, okay. and he keeps I, I throwing himself bit. into the bin. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. he's like, yeah. in the bin, yeah. at the bin, in the bin, at the bin. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very clever. I, I, I mean, I really like some new characters. And I mean, is it was it Gabby Gabby? Gabby Gabby, uh, yeah. Gabby Gabby, like you think, oh, what? Because, what? I mean, in some of the ones, there's some, some fairly fairly horrible sort of toys isn't there really oh, yeah. there's some not very nice they end toys up in this, it's not a spoiler to say there's an antique shop features in it yes. yeah. and there are some seriously hideous toys there's in some, that some real shop. real creepy ones in that what? so so, but I, 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 yeah the, the thing is so, toy, toy I, I, like, I like the yeah, yeah go on sorry Toast. so I was going to say Toy Story has always played with horror like Toy Story has always there's always horror elements in every single Toy Story movie when you watch it, when you watch them back and I felt like this, but this was the one in which I felt the most that you said, oh my God, yeah, there, there are some definite horror things in there. And the ventriloquist, ventriloquist dummies have never looked so scary. The, that antique <clears throat> shop thing is quite good. And I think, but I think they did a clever thing, which is every Toy Story film, like when you had the bad guy, it was becoming a bit samey when you had the bad guy. And yeah. they, they, they sort of do something with the bad guy in this that switches it a bit. And I was like, oh, it's, it's still a little bit, there's still a little, for me, it's still horror tinged. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's a little bit, yeah. little bit dark. To, yeah. yeah, a little bit dark. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know, dark. in a different, it's got a, it's got a different, it's got a different slant on it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, there is a, a bit of a, steens, a scene stealer, I think, oh, that yeah. comes in, in Doug Kaboom. Do, oh, Duke yeah. Kaboom. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I Canada. Duke Kaboom is yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. Voiced, <laughs> voiced by, of course, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah he, that is a real um, scene stealer, I think. Yeah, yeah. We like him, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's we good. Liked very him. good. Although I, I did really like um, Little Bo Peep in this film. I thought Little Bo Peep. Was yeah, li- yeah, Bo Peep was pretty cool. Yeah, she, yeah. She got she more to do in this cool, film than she, she did in the in the previous three combined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the lesser characters, well, not the lesser characters, some of the the background players are very much background players in this one. Mm. They don't really feature in the story. Yeah, but like they're still there. Hair. So I, think I, I, I really liked the little one as well, like the little little bombshell oh. one, like the poly, was that Polly Pocket sort uh, of thing. Yeah, one of these, one little, of these little friends oh, in my hey, pocket hey, type gigs. things. Yeah. Gig, gig. Yeah, she was, she was, uh, she was. So, so yeah. I mean, there was there's lots of lots of great characters in this. I think you know, and and yeah. I agree with you, Toad. Some you think. Ooh, that doesn't look... You know, from the trailer, he was like... Uh, I didn't see the trailer, no. so I went in there completely cold. Well, the trailer put me right off, so... so. <laughs> and then I don't, don't intend to ever watch an animated film, no. so it's only when my friend said, oh, wait, because she chose this week's film, it's like, hey, we're going to see Toy Story 4. Yeah. It's like, oh, are we? <laughs> a bit bo peep <laughs> that was, Sharon, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I think in the original Toy Story, Bo Peep, you imagine to be, like, quite, you know... Gentle and yeah, I, I, I seem to remember it from, like a li- like I mean, a I've little girl's quite... toy. Yeah, yeah, but in, yeah, yeah, but she's so, grown up in this one. Yeah, she certainly has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's some very clever scenes. I thought there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think and I think Pixar did that brilliant thing that they always do, which is they do a film that kids can watch it and love it, and parents can watch it on a whole different level and get something totally different from it. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. oh, did you guys stay to the very, very end? No, what, to the very final, final, final bit? To the very no. final, final, final bit. There's a hilarious scene that pays off something that happens off early in the film, and they leave it to the very, very end. I'd like to thank Helen O'Hara from the Empire Film Podcast, who put out a tweet saying, stay till the very, very end for Toy Story 4, because there's something that is oh. it's actually just hilarious that comes up. 
Oh, okay, cool. Oh, that- I'll have to see if it appears on our a friendly YouTube channel near us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, check check it out. It's quite good. It's quite good. All right, that was an alarm going off telling us that um, our time is that we we need to move time on. is up. Yeah. Time is up. Okay. We, but, but so we need we need points, though, don't we? Yes, we need to we need to rate it. How many store? How many stars will we give Toy Story Four? Four star for me. Four, four star. Yeah, four star here. I'd give it a four star. Four star. Yeah. Four star. I'd give it four as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say four as well. And it's, I'm just happy that, for me, I'm, from being really scared that they shouldn't have made this film and thinking that I was just going to mess the whole thing up, I'm happy that they actually managed to round it off in a very, very, very nice way. Yes. Yeah. And they absolutely cannot do another one after no, this. I think no, that yes, would yeah, just ruin everything. To, so they needs, cannot do another to be one. It. I think yeah. they they can do another one. I just really, really hope that they don't because they'll have to bend themselves into all sorts of pretzel-y shapes to make it work. All right. Mm. And so that's round one. Time Cine- <laughs> cinema kicking off with a, in a very in a good way four stars and now we're going to go over to netflix for a film that i believe only i have seen called see you yesterday uh now this is a film that is it's it, it's it's like a confluence of a whole bunch of different things that come up like you know um uh, it's a time travel movie and it's a time travel movie starring kids so it's like you know it's it's kind of like a time, time travel caper so to say but you know in most sort of time travel movies it's also like fun and games and all that kind of stuff but in this one the character at the center of it is a is a girl who lives in the projects in somewhere in New York. So she comes from like a you know, poor privileged background. She's black. Uh, she 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 and her friend are like the smartest kids in the school, and everybody knows this. So they even so they you know how everybody else has like a job outside of school. Their job is fixing yeah. people's phones and fixing their laptops and all that kind of stuff in the neighborhood while working on their own project, which they, are, they say this is going to be the project that they're going to use to get into MIT. They're going to use this project and it's going to get them the scholarships to get into MIT. And their project is trying to prove that time travel is possible. And they, so they're playing around with this whole thing and they figure out how to make it happen. And around about the time that she, they figure out how to make it happen, her brother gets killed in a police shooting. He was unarmed, a case of mistaken identity, and he gets killed by the police. So it's a so in that way, it's kind of quite topical because that's been happening quite a bit in America. There have been a lot of films happen, released in the last couple of years, like you know, Black Klansman and, and things like that talk about the Detroit. Detroit, yes, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit, the, Detroit's great yeah. movie. Yeah, great movie, great films, and they've they've been like good films as well. Good films as well that, that uh, you know, uh, telling you about this is the plight of what black people have to go through in America. And this takes that whole idea and that whole conversation of Black Lives Matter thing and puts it into, like, you know, a time travel caper movie. So the whole idea is that they keep going back in time to try and stop her brother getting shot. And she is, and I loved this film. I thought it was really, really good because it was a film that from that description, you think, okay, cool, it has a message and it's trying to, like, really, really build something up and it's trying to, like, you know, preach at you or something but it it never forgets that it's a time travel caper movie and it does that it it does that whole time travel thing really well it's one of the best fic, it, it's one of those you know how you have um different time travel things we just had avengers endgame which has like a big time travel element to it and they uh, but you know you have the time travel movies where they go we can go back in time and we can make things better now because we've gone back in time so we can change the past pretty much. It's one of those. So you have to accept that first of all that they think we can go back in time. And if you have, if you have any sort of like physics understanding, you might have issues with that. But but the, but once you've accepted that, it's quite good. It does. It has a cameo. It has a cameo that I, when I saw this cameo, I I could not decide if it was genius or cheese. 
I, I could, and, <laughs> and I've, I've been like going through my head, like, oh my God, who is that? And I think I've come down on the side of it's genius. The, the cameo oh, is good. The cameo is genius, but it, it, it threads a very, very fine line. Uh, it's, it's produced by Spike Lee. So obviously the whole, um, although it's not directed by him, it's produced by him. And I think the film is just great. I mean, I think the way that they go back in, I think the character, the, the way they draw the characters out in, so the, for instance, her brother, you get to meet him for a very short time at the beginning of the film, but you get an instant sense of what their, what their relationship is like. You get instances of what the relationship is like, of why she would go back and all that kind of stuff. And they are brave enough to not make their main character likable. So I was watching with my wife and she was like, I actually really, really didn't like that girl. So they didn't feel a need mm -hmm. to do it. So they, I think, but I think they gave you a very real character because she's a geek, obviously, because she's working on all this science stuff and stealing stuff from the science lab because she wants to go to her friend's garage and work on an experiment. But at the same time, she's not like, you know, the sort of geek that just gets bullied and everything like that. You, you meet her talking about science and then uh, five minutes later, someone is trying to sort of like, like steal her backpack and she's beating them up in the streets, that, that kind of thing. So she knows how to handle herself. But I thought it was a very good film. Uh, and it, it was, this was like a film that I was watching going, oh, this is good, this is solid, this is solid. Then the last scene of the film, the way the film ends, elevates the film for me. I'm like, oh, oh, that, that has just made this film better. That has just made this film. And I think, okay. think there have been some people on Twitter who have been a bit contentious about the ending of this film. But I actually think that the last frame of this film is genius. I think it's brilliant. And I think it elevates the film up another level. I would give it four out of five. Okay. Wow. Cool. Good score. Four yeah. out of five. Yeah, good score. Yeah. Good score. Has it, it had mixed reviews then, Tozen? No, it's had, it's had mostly positive reviews. Has it? Yeah. Oh, I was just, we're just looking on IMDb there. And um, I was looking at the see the user reviews. Because sometimes I, I do that now. And Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, there's a lot of... It's sort of a bit mixy uppy. There's quite a lot of low ones, but ah, maybe that's well, pun. We'll yeah. give it a yeah. We'll yeah, yeah. No, but no, but, but so I might have to give that a laugh and to make our own mind up. That's good. It's yeah. good when there's things are like that. Yeah, I I, I yeah. agree, and I think a lot of the mixed reviews are because of the ending, the way the film ends. Right. It, there there's some sort of people that I know. If you like a certain type of film, you will hate the ending. But if you like another type of film, you would love the ending. So, right, okay, cool. so yeah, and I think the ending changes the way you see the whole film so far. The ending, the, right, the okay. ending either makes the film better or worse, depending on how you look at it. For me, it made the film better. All right, cool. Oh, good. We have one minute to play with. One minute, 20 seconds. So one that minute, is, 20 seconds, actually. Yeah, so, so that, is, um, that is round one done with. Round one done in Netflix cinema. And now we get on to round two. Round two, we're going back into the cinema. And Sharon, I think you're the only one who's seen this film. It is The Hummingbird Project. Oh, no, Sean has seen this one as well. We saw it oh, together. You saw it together. Oh, the both of you saw it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Take it away. We both, yeah. I'm just going to sit down here for the next seven minutes and try and say nothing. I'll let Sharon do the synopsis because she's, she's real class, isn't she? She, 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 she nails it. She nails the synopsis. Me, I just, I, I go with feelings. I go with feelings. Well, this is a film set um, at the time of the stock market crash in 2011, where everything went a bit horribly wrong. We had the whole um, subprime crisis in America, mm -hmm. which led to a number of uh, stock market crashes, which led to a financial crisis in other countries. So it was this was the climate in which this film is set. And there's this... 
It was a dramatic film. Uh, that, <laughs> that was a dramatic. That was a dramatic bit of music, wasn't it? Yeah. It's it's set, and so there's these two guys um, played by Jesse Eisenberg and Alexander Skarsgård. They're cousins yep. of Russian descent who work for this um, high tech stock trading company, and it all comes down to sort of like it's nanoseconds. How quickly um, they that you get ahead of the market by playing the markets by the first person who can sort of buy stuff and then sell it, a, f- a fraction of a second makes all the difference. Yeah. And these two chaps come up with an, uh, this project where they, they basically lay a cable from, is it Kansas? Kans- uh, Kansas, is Kansas, it Kansas? Kansas to yeah. New York. You'll have to excuse me on that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them to go they away, this, they, they want to They want to lay this microfiber cable from... Physical cable under the ground yep. from Kansas to New York, and this will cut off one—is it nanosecond or millisecond? I'm not sure, really. I can't. A really fraction remember. of a second. The, 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 it's called the Hummingbird Project because this is one beat of a hummingbird's wing. This okay. is how quick, how much. But this will make all the difference in when you're trading in these sort of high market stocks and shares. Okay. And so they set. You see these two guys set about then trying to buy the land or by permission to lay this cable across the land, mm-hmm. to lay this cable down. And this is like a thousand miles of cable. Yeah. And they need to purchase like one foot width of people's lands through mount- and through private lands, through towns, through mountains, through under rivers. And it's this daunting project. And you see the toll that this takes on them, both physically, emotionally, mentally. And whilst they're doing this... They're a former employee, employer, played by Salma Hayek. She's trying to beat them at their own game by inventing a new way of using microwaves to transmit information, saving, you know, this same oh, sort yeah. of yeah. amount of time. Yeah. So there's like this race on whether the physical cable or whether the microwaves, who will get there first and who will sort of be the ones to clean up, basically. And so you've got this sort of race against technology trying to to build this this line okay so it sounds very it sounds a bit kind of you know you have all these big films and okay maybe because it has jesse eisenberg in it but i'm thinking like you know like the social network when you're talking about uh stories of this big endeavor something like Moneyball, where you're taking something that is like statistics and you, and you but you're going into the how things work th- and uh, you end up with one of these films that looks that goes into those into the minutiae but comes up with something possibly interesting yeah, I think they're, they're, that's certainly what they're striving for. Okay. They're sort of making it, again, it's, it's, um, they're making it like a metaphor for their lives, you know, that they have this, is, it, is your life about the destination or is it about the journey? And so this is a film, it's about this project and all the things they go through to achieve this project, um, as in some ways, is more important than the end result. <laughs> right. And so they, they throw a lot of bits, they throw relationships in here, they throw... Um, about their what people really want, what their dreams are, what their ambitions are. This one guy, Alexander Skarsgård, character, he's a bit, sort of, he's on like the spectrum. Oh, yeah. And he, all he wants is to live somewhere quiet one day where there's hummingbirds, where he can just sit and enjoy the view. Because he works in this high-pressure, intense um, environment. And basically, he's You wouldn't recognise him, would you? No, you wouldn't recognise him. It's quite different. They're quite different. Where, so, uh, him, it's uh, not about 
physically building this thing. It's about achieving. That's what he's aiming for. He wants to achieve this this dream. So it's about it's a it's about this physical project, but it's also about this the journey that they go through in yeah. their lives. Okay. I, I, All right. With, with, we have about two minutes, on, Sean. What do you think? Okay, I'm just going to say yeah. Let's say so. I think um, that this didn't really know what it wanted to be. I didn't know if it wanted to be like a serious comedy or a serious thing or a bit comedy. Didn't think. I thought. I don't know, Jesse Eisenberg. I, I, I like him in some stuff and I'm not so keen on him in other and he very much plays himself. So, yeah, to, to me, this film <laughs> this film didn't really know what I wanted to be, you know? This okay. film just had, had no idea and I, I thought it was all a bit... But I, I don't know. I, I, I was I was sort of on the fence with this one. I wasn't sure whether I liked it or not. I think so, it had moments, but I would say that yeah. I wasn't... Yeah, it certainly had my. I was the same. When I came out, I was like, oh, is that it? And it was slight, felt at least like it was slightly underwhelming. Yeah, underwhelming. That it was a, that's, slightly, that's it felt like it was aiming for big things yeah. and that it meant to be quite deep and a, one of those things that you, you have to think about. Yeah. But in the end, I, it didn't quite achieve no, the heights that it was aiming no, for, I don't think. No. So there were moments of almost like slapstick comedy that yeah. you think, what is that? Yeah, what, what, Where, is that, that doesn't relevant? really fit in with the rest of the film. That's it, there were moments like that. And moments of sheer pathos that you're thinking, yeah. oh, again, that doesn't really doesn't fit work. in with, yeah. with the tone of the film that we've seen already. Yeah. So, yes, it's one yeah. of those films, I'd, it, it's, it was a little bit muddled. Yeah, in muddled its, up, I think, yeah. It didn't, and, and it didn't really know what it was trying to say, I don't Maybe think. Maybe the transition from, like, page to screen, didn't, they didn't quite yeah. achieve what they hoped to. I mean, I thought it was an interesting film. I think it was... Yeah. It's one of those ones that you go, hmm, that was interesting, but then you move on. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really have as big an impact as I think it thought it probably would. Yeah. So I would give that as a score, I would give it a three. Yeah, I would have to give it a three as well. It's just a three so for me. Oh, yeah, it's not really just, bad with it, it, it just doesn't really quite. So, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't like an awful film, but it wasn't uh, not, not, you know, oh, that was good. What is so, going on? So it gets... We are like agreeing on everything that we've all seen. <laughs> oh well that's good that's good yeah, isn't it? that's good that's yeah, consistency that's good and, and I think I think that is the end of all the films that like at least two of us have seen today and we all agreed on all of them so ah, okay cool sorry for those of you who are waiting for a fight today right that is the hey. alarm going off saying us that our time for that is over so Hummingbird Project good and now we go back in this round two we have cinema has had its opening salvo and now we go back to Netflix and we have The Bad Batch. Sean, I believe you saw this, the and I believe bad. you saw this on my recommendation. I did see that. Did I, did I see this on your recommendation? It must I, have been on your recommendation. I mentioned it a couple uh, of weeks back, yeah. I, I said that. Oh, I, you, I saw we, the trailer, we, and I, I thought that it looked like a bit of a grindhouse thing that you'd like. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. That's right. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. so I actually, I actually saw this. Yeah. Um, okay, so basically it's the story of it starts off in the desert somewhere, and there's like this, this young girl... And she gets chased and she gets captured and these, these, these cannibals sort of get get hold of her and, uh, you know, do something. She escapes and she finds this other, like, commune place with, um, with like, it's real happy and it's super, super It's all, it's all post-apocalyptic, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a post-apocalyptic world they live yeah. in, but, yeah. like... This one place is all really so nice. So a bit more Mad Maxy than. I was, yeah, that's that's basic story. That yeah, sort of, it was so, that sort of feel though. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would say that sort of feel, a bit, bit sort of Mad Maxy, but without not not the vehicles. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, although 
there was your yeah, costumes were sort of really similar. People just getting dressed up in dustbins and stuff, you know, pots and pans, <laughs> and and, uh, and your like and all these characters, you know, with the. Uh, it's got Jason Momoa, is it? Jason yeah. Momoa. Yeah, Jason Momoa. Yeah. yeah. Well, is, is that one of your? Not well, really. Not really. Okay, but I should imagine that it, for any of his fans, they probably love this. And there is a scene where it's just like, there's one scene in it quite early on where it's just like Muscle Beach or like uh, Santa Monica <laughs> Beach where you got all the people pumping iron and stuff. In fact, I felt I thought I found it it grossed me out a little bit yeah. because it was just really like. You know, someone walking through and they're all like pumping iron and they're all, yeah, no, all no. lifting stuff and all that. And then you've got, and it's like the music's going boom, boom, boom. And I was just like, well, I don't really want to see this. And that was like <laughs> about, about, that was about five minutes of pumping iron, you know, I think wow. like, so. Wow, she said. Actually, this is interesting. Just a quick detour. Sharon. Did you ever yeah. feel like that when you saw all those movies in the 80s, when there was, a, when they would, the way they would go to the obligatory strip club? Yes, yeah, when they're like women gyrating in their thongs. Yes, I would be like, oh, give it a rest, missus. Okay, cool. Yeah, like, I, don't I, want, I don't really want to see this. All right, cool. I just, I just, I just thought it was interesting. Sean, carry on, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, that's okay. So, yeah, so you've got a lot of these, um, you've got a lot of these, uh, you know, muscle-bound people. They're, they're generally the uh, sort of cannibal-type ones. Yep. So, and... They need a lot of protein pardon? to maintain yeah, that and muscle. And Jason Murray, he's got this little girl that he's, he's he really loves well. She goes with the with the girl when she escapes, and they go to this other place with Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. To start off with, you don't actually recognise him for for a while. Well, good and lord! He's, he's, do you know what Keanu? That's twice we mentioned tonight, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. twice. He's, he's he's something pretty special, really. I think for for the things he does. So yeah, so he's. Well, we could do he, a whole anyway, podcast on Keanu Reeves. So they've got the little girl yeah. and. They they take the little girl away and she obviously has got the little girl and uh, it's all, it's all very very convoluted and there's a lot of drug fueled stuff and um, you're not really selling this no no it was uh, it's it, it started off it started off I thought oh this looks pretty good this looks like it's sort of going somewhere I could could get into this yeah and then it just got long and there's moments in this film really really just unnecessary moments it's so long like there's a like a time-lapse scene where obviously someone's dropped some drugs and oh, yeah. it's like about 10 minutes of just this stars in the galaxy and i'm like why are you you know and sort of walking around and stuff like that and i'm like what's the point of being this i come back to see a post-apocalyptic movie i want to see shooting and did guns you have and the people getting... on the fast forward i would have in that moment i tend to be i did like, i did fast forward. sharon sharon i did fast to be honest and i thought when's this yeah. going to stop and it was still going on all these like you know so so yeah really really dragged out started off first 10 minutes or so i thought yep yeah, this is looking good this is looking good looks like we could um you know we could quite like this and then it just got boring to be fair it just got long and boring and nothing really happened much in the way of action there wasn't a lot of action it was all very low-key and I mean, the scenery wasn't wasn't even really that good, you know. So the best part was Keanu Reeves. I'm afraid to say in this film. So, oh, okay, sure. So I'm, it was I'm a, sorry it was a little bit that. of a disappointment. No, no, it's okay because from the premise of it, and you would think that it, it would be quite good, and it did look quite good from from the synopsis and stuff. I sort of I thought, oh yeah, post-apocalyptic, but it was just long, mm. and there were too many too many long scenes in it. So. So yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna have to give this a two. I'm afraid. All right. I really, yeah, I know. I'm real two. A real. I, I suppose because it's a letdown because it started off yeah, promising, part of our promise, and then hopes. and then it just sort of 
plummeted. So okay. oh, that, I'm afraid I can't. That's unfortunate. It did look like it was. It would be your kind of thing. Like so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it did of... to start with Tozin. It did to start with. To be fair, you know, I thought, oh, this is quite interesting. A bit of cannibalism, you know. Not that I'm into <laughs> cannibalism at all, but you know, sort of uh, limbs being fried and stuff. Uh, the funny bit, I, do you, the bit that I, I know, this is going back. We've got to say this though, Tozin. Do you remember that film called Pain and Gain? Yes, I do. That was where with the, the where, Rock, wasn't it? Where, that was with the Rock, with yeah, the rock and, and, and Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne Johnson, and where yeah. they try to barbecue the hands. Oh, I never watched it. <laughs> anyway, I never actually watched it. Oh, you it. never watched it? Okay. Yeah. Well, it reminded me a bit of that. So, so, oh, so, so yeah. Um, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Keep going off. <laughs> <laughs> You're it's, an it's, it's because it's a, it's a bit. It's because it's a different time scale, I think. It's because we're doing it a little bit later and there's probably people trying to get hold of me, okay, I cool. would think. Because right. norm- normally we're about six, aren't we? Anyway, yeah. so that's a two-star. Okay. A two-star for you. All right. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, good. Oh, wait. man, having this timer is good. We're actually sort of keeping to it. So it's, all right, cool. So we have, so that is two stars for The Bad Batch. Now, we go back to round three. Now, round three in... In uh, ooh, at the moment, let's see. Uh, it was a dead heat in the first round. The second round, cinema took it by a point, and now we're going to round three. And this is well, the film I think only I have seen. It's Men in Black International, which uh, yes, yeah. And the fact that you were also in, um, I was also yes, yes. I oh, yo, you remember that? <laughs> yes, I actually went to yeah. see this film purely to see myself because I was actually on set for this film. So Yay. yeah, I, I was upset for this film. So I there there and there's two moments. There are two moments in this film where I can see myself. So <laughs> is there? Oh, You're that's like, cool. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! The, yes, there's two words. I was kind of like going, okay. I remember. I remember the scene being filmed. I remember this film. Hang on a second. Yep, there I am. There I am. <laughs> I was like, it's like, hang on. I remember where I was. I remember where I was standing. Yeah, there I am, right behind Chris Hemsworth's head. <laughs> but, wow yeah uh so this is uh, the continuation of men in black now i'm not sure what you guys the fact that you guys didn't go see this film makes me think that a yeah either not men in black fans or that you have lost um interest in the franchise as it's carried on but yeah pretty much that sums it up for me <laughs> i was going to see it but then i was thinking do i really want to see another men in black film when other than the, after the first one i wasn't that yes you know, yeah because I, by them. I think that the first one is an absolute, absolute classic. The first one, I remember, see, it's just a joy. I remember watching the first one, and it was one of the first, first films I ever saw and gone, you know what, that film's too short. I could have easily have done with another 20 minutes of that, of that film. <laughs> and the second one, I think it's a joyless experience. I, I really think that the, the second one, they lost it in a big way. The third one, people slated, but personally, I think they pulled it back a bit. And so they went, okay, we want to carry on this Men in Black thing. It's almost as if they said, okay, we have the property. We can make money out of this. We can make a film. How do we carry it on? There were all sorts of weird ideas of doing a crossover between Men in Black and the 21 Jump Street franchise, all that. And so they ended up with this, where there's no Will Smith, there's no Tommy Lee Jones, but instead, place you have Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. And they have this whole storyline about uh, these Men in Black International that uh, Tessa Thompson plays a girl called Molly, who has known about the Men in Black since she was a kid because something happened in her house. There was an alien out there. Men in Black showed up and they neuralized. So they did that whole memory forgetting thing on her parents, but they didn't realize that she saw them. So she spent her whole life looking and trying to track these people down. So she studied really hard, got into all these high grades from all these different places. And when she goes to any law, infer- she applies for the FBI and they go, oh, you haven't told us what area you want to go work in. She's like, yeah, I want to go for the area that doesn't have a box. 
And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. So she goes to the CIA and she's like, I want to go for the people who they don't tell you about and they don't tell her anything. So she sort of tries all these different things to try and find out how to get into the men in black because she thinks that's what I want to do because there's a truth out there and they're not telling anybody about it, but that's what I want to know. I want to know about the truth. So she eventually tracks, finds her way to the Men in Black New York office, meets Emma Thompson, who plays um, O, who there was a character that she played in Men in Black 3. Yeah, and, she was in it before, wasn't she? Yes, yes. So um, she, and then she gets sent to the London office to go do an unspecified task. That's the thing. They, they're like, they, they, they say, yeah, we're going to send you to London because we need X, Y, Z. But they never say exactly why they're sending her to London. They never say exactly what she's supposed to be doing there. And her motivation of what she does when she gets there doesn't really make sense. And um, then you have Chris Hemsworth, who is this, he is essentially like, you know, think James Bond. But if people were, if the, people said James Bond is a definite idiot. That's who comes worth. That's what, <laughs> so he's kind of like the, he's a, he's the agent who walks through the thing, and when he walks through in slow motion, all the people are looking at him. All the even the female aliens are looking at him, going, ah. <laughs> I was like, it's like, oh, he's just so yummy because obviously now they're in London, so everybody says yummy and things like that. And then it carries on with a whole you what well, we you know basically what's going to happen. There's um, somebody. Get, some alien gets killed. There's some people who are after some MacGuffin, and then it's about them running around the world trying to protect this MacGuffin. Um, yeah, the, uh, you might pick up for me that I, I was I was not that particularly impressed with the film. It was just kind of like, nah. Apart from the fact that I got to see myself twice. Uh, Yay. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the good things about the first Men in Black was the interplay between Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. They had chemistry that nobody, I think, expected. And just like their different styles sort of played off each other really, really well. And I know, and I'm going yeah. to say something that's, that seems to be a bit sacrilegious because everybody seems to be raving about this. I don't particularly think that Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth have the best chemistry together. Even, even though people have been saying, yeah, but these are the guys who, who had such good chemistry in Thor Ragnarok because she played Valkyrie. And this is where it gets a little bit sacrilegious. I don't think the chemistry in Thor Ragnarok was that great. No, I wouldn't have said that was one of the... Sta I wouldn't have said it was noticeable that they had that chemistry. In yeah, there. yeah, like as a comic... I, 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 think she had, I think she had more with the Hulk, really. Yes, yes, yeah. I totally agree with you. I, do, I think the Valkyrie-Hulk thing really worked in Ragnarok. The Valkyrie-Thor thing, I don't... I, I personally felt it was a little bit forced. And I felt like in, in Men in Black International, it's that, trying to get that sort of like sparking off each other for 90 minutes. Or actually, no, it's longer than that. It's about two hours long which doesn't really work. You have Kumal Nanjiani mm. who shows up and he plays the alien sidekick pretty much. He has some funny things. I think there's some interplay that Sharon you'd like where he, because he's, he's called Pawnee because he's from, an, he's from an alien race who seems to base their whole civilization around chess. So he has a queen. Oh, right. Yeah, he has a queen and he's like, I am a pawn. <laughs> I am here. I don't have a name. I am just here to, sort of, uh, to protect my queen. And then he ends up, um, it's, it's almost a little bit Monty Python-esque how he ends up becoming, adopting Tess Thompson as his new queen. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I feel like his, his sort of comic sensibility is great on me a little bit, to be honest with you. So the film was all right, but it was kind of like, a, you know when you're watching a film and it feels like a join the dots exercise? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, cool, this needs to happen. And then we just need that to happen because then we can go there. And then we need that to happen. Then we can go there. And then we need that to happen. And it starts, and it, it globe trots like a Bond movie. That, so it feels like it's, it's trying to be a Bond movie, but I don't think that's what Men in Black is. And it doesn't have the sense of fun or the sense of 
touch mm. that I think Barry Sonnenfeld had with the first Men in Black, which is yeah. what, with that sort mm -hmm. of like, sort of comedy feel and comedy touch that just yeah. made things spark. You want that yeah. lightness of touch, don't you, on there? Yeah, it, it didn't spark. And I have to say, while I was on set with this film, I did this, think... This I, felt forced, yeah. It, it, I, this felt, I, it felt forced. It felt a bit that got to me. And I have to admit, yeah. when, when, the, nothing that I... It, this film, essentially, from when I was on set, ended up being everything that I thought it would be. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, ended up being everything that I thought it would be. So, but um, I would give it a three out of five. It's it's serviceable. Three, okay. It's serviceable, but it's not enough to make me go, "Yay, Men in Black, they're back!" And um, yeah. and right on cue, there is our alarm. So time's up. I don't feel like I've missed much by not having gone to see that. I don't week. think you've missed much about by not seeing that either. So <laughs> I don't think you've missed much. But okay, so now that is um. Open this album from cinema in round three, and now we go over to Netflix and Friends with Deadwood 2019. So, Sharon, you were a big Deadwood fan. I mean, you lent me the box set, yes, which I never yeah. watched. <laughs> and, and this is the long mooted, they, they always said they were going to try and round off the story and come up with a final thing to sort of tie up all the loose ends that they didn't get because they got cancelled after two seasons. So, you watched this, and I was actually, I'm really interested to find out what you thought about it. Yeah, this is basically, even though it's made a long time after the series, it's set 10 years later. Yeah. It's um, the De uh, Deadwood is in the state of South Dakota. Is it South Dakota? It's not North. Uh, I've got the right. It's in the Dakotas. Right. And it's when it's basically being granted statehood. Oh, and yeah. so there's a celebration in Deadwood to celebrate the statehood. And it marks the time when the telephone has been has been invented and they're stringing the telephone wires across the country and they're just going to then the telephone is going to be arriving in Deadwood to, to coincide with the celebration of statehood and so that's the, basically the, the catalyst of the story and then it brings all these other people who are, have returned to Deadwood to celebrate the statehood so you've got Calamity Jane yep. comes back Yep. then you've got um I'm just trying to think of her character's name. You've got Alma, um, Alma Ellsworth, who plays by Molly Parker. She returns. Yep. Um, she made her fortune out of a gold mine in the original series. Um, and then in the town still, you've got Sheriff uh, Seth Bullock, played by Timothy Oliphant. And then you've got Al Swearingen, who's still got his brothel and saloon, who's uh, played by Ian McShane. It, and then Ian what McShane, I thought was remarkable... Ian McShane played in, Ian McShane. <laughs> Ian McShane just it's funny he's just sort of appeared a from Love Joy and then yeah. he wouldn't very well and then he's just like been in everything he just obviously has a ball when he plays yeah. Al Swearingen because he swears a lot and he just does all sorts of inappropriate he just gets away with everything basically yeah uh, so it's and what was remarkable I thought was basically the entire cast from the original series well about those who were still alive I mean there's a couple of died since but all of them who were still alive came back yeah. even the minor characters who were just like you know walk bys maybe had one line in the in the whole thing he was they were back so it was it was remarkable to see everyone sort of assembled to get together and basically some of the things that were unresolved in the series there was a murder yep at the end of the series that went unresolved they sort of addressed that uh, they uh, address some of the unresolved issues about some of the relationships that were left hanging those are sort of tied up so yeah it does it brings all these characters back together for a final sort of swan song because yeah it did end too soon when it ended you feel like going oh 
There's, there's, but there's got. What about that? And what about them? And <laughs> what about the other? So it does tie up a lot of those loose ends. So, but it was really good to see all those the old gang back together again. Oh, so, so do you think that they actually I've had a story to tell? I've not seen it. I've not seen So, so do you think they actually had a story to tell, or do you think that it was just a bit more sort of fan service? Like, okay, you've supported us all this time. Let's just round this thing off for you properly. Yes, I get the feeling of that, that they wanted to do it properly before, but they never had the opportunity. And then finally, the timing was right, that they were all able to get together and do it. So I think they basically wanted to say goodbye properly to Deadwood, to finish it off properly. So I get the feeling that it was a case of like saying, OK, you wanted it, you've got it, we wanted to finish this off better. We feel like we weren't given a fair run at the time. We were cancelled too soon. So I think for everyone, it was a case of, we wanted this, so this is it. We've we've done what we've been trying to do for the last sort of fifteen years or more. And I'm guessing, obviously, you can't just jump into it. You have to watch the TV series before you. Oh, I, yes, absolutely. You, it, you, if you watch this, I think you'd have no. They do a couple of flashback scenes, so you pad out what's gone on. But I think, unless you had some degree of knowledge, you would have no idea what was going on. Right. That was quite fun. There's one of the characters called Mr. Wu, who's a Chinese guy who disposes of all the bodies by feeding them to his big pigs. He has this one line that he says in every episode, and he didn't say it. Say it, And I was waiting for him to say it. <laughs> it's a swear word. It's really yeah. obscene. But he's like, he normally says, you, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't say it this time. And I was part of me was thinking, I'm glad you didn't say it, because Mr. Wu is more than just... This one phrase, yeah. Uh, but, but then the fact that he Mr. Wu was in there at all, so, I thought so was great. Are these comedy? Is this a comedy western? No, because I've not even seen this. No. no, it's not a it's comedy brutal western. Brutal and sort of realist, comedy, and really? but there's humour in it. Yeah, but it's black humour. It's as black as you can get. Much way in the much way in action. You know, is there much in the oh, way there's, of shoot there's, ups and stuff? Not as much shoot ups, but there's certainly violence. No, it's know. violent. There's it's, there's a, there's brothels, so there's a fair bit of nudity. There's there's not so much in this one there's no in this episode there wasn't much nudity right. but in the series oh there was a lot and there's a lot of violence and a lot of swearing right. I, I feel like i feel um, like it was kind of the proto game of thrones before game of thrones oh yeah i think without this and rome the game of thrones would not have been made yeah this yeah. this paved the way and this and i think rome came before deadwood but yeah. with rome and Deadwood, they certainly paved the way for a new type of television yeah. that yeah. aimed at adults um, based on, you know, they didn't talk down to the... the you had to concentrate on Deadwood because the, the phrasing of the, the, the speech patterns were very much stylized and of their time. Yeah. Um, it was more like, almost like a heightened stylization of the speech patterns. So, so you the, really, it, it was... Yeah. Yeah, and, and How many styles then, Sharon? Four. Oh, she's thinking. She's thinking here. Yeah, I'll no. give it four. Four star. Okay, cool. As a fan, yeah, a, as a four fan. as a fan, as a non-viewer, if you've not seen the series, it wouldn't be any more than a right. three. Okay. Yeah, because you'd be thinking, I've got no idea what's going on. Yeah, but if you haven't seen the series, it's pointless watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. But it, but as, but it delivers what you want. You want to see the same old characters back again, uh, you want, and you, you want, want to see, yeah. You want to see them have the proper ending. Yeah. Okay. Because and it, it, because it did, it, there was an ending. Because in the nature of Deadwood, I do not expect that many people are going to have a happy ending. So I'll just say a proper ending because it's not going to be a happy one. A proper ending. Yeah. They did have a couple of happy endings, so there were elements of that in there. All right, cool. cool. 
All and right. also brutal murder and death. <laughs> the dead right. way. Murder, death, kill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So that is us of time. And so now we have a special bonus fourth round. Like, guys, we might actually do this. We might actually finish this thing. So we have a special bonus fourth round because, Sean, you saw a film that I'm actually really impressed. Did you see this on the island or on the mainland? Which one are we talking about? Diego Maradona. Oh, Diego Maradona. Yeah, just this. No, I saw, saw this here. It was on at Cine World here. Oh, good. I saw I, that I'm really impressed this made it to the island because I, have actually, I haven't yeah. found this anywhere near me. So, so, yeah, so tell us about Diego Maradona. Okay, basically, Diego Maradona, obviously, you must have heard of him. I mean, mainly we remember him. The from, hand of God. That's exactly right. The hand of God when he, when he handballed. But the second goal with the we England game was fantastic. Well, this is basically about he starts off, plays for Barcelona. And he's doing really well, and then he goes to Italy. Well, is this sorry? Is this a drama or is this a no, documentary? No, it's a documentary, documentary, and it's just all. It's really the footage is shot very. It's very grainy footage. It's very so you know it's it's uh, you know all the footage of him. Well, anyway, well, so he goes. goes Gone. Yeah, I was going to say it's made he by goes, the same guy who made Senna and made Amy. Senna, yeah, yeah, and so I essentially, quite like so essentially, all the footage that was shot is footage that was shot at the time. So it was shot yeah. in the seventies and all that kind of stuff. So it's. Yeah. So you're not going to have any HD. <laughs> That's it. So basically, although we knew about Maradona and he was a good player in England, obviously I, I knew of him. This this goes a bit more in depth because I wasn't, you know, I mean, obviously he was... He's a phenomenon, isn't he, in South America? Well, yeah, but he's like a cocaine. Anyway, he's like he got into <laughs> drugs and he got mixed up with the mafia and all sorts of stuff. So basically what happens is you had obviously Italia 90 um, and he, <laughs> they play this... Oh, yeah, yeah, he... For his home team, they play the game. Right, it's a it's a semi final, and it's Argentina, and obviously Diego's Argentina, Argentinian. So he's Argentina plays Italy in the stadium, and he's on interview, and he says, "I I know the you know the fans love me and all that, so hopefully they will be will want Argentina to win. So of course you know, and they do win, and well that's I mean that's history. So it's not like and they do win it, and they do go into the final. So they've knocked out Italy, the host nation." And he said these things. So he starts getting hated. You know, they hate him. And he starts getting all this stuff. And the, the, the friends he's made in the mafia that sort of protect him, they're like, whoa, this is bringing a lot of heat on us. We don't want to, we don't want to, we want nothing to do with it. So they sort of pull back, pull back. And of course he gets caught and he gets into loads and loads of trouble. And that, that is really interesting for me. That was a really, really interesting, interesting. Insight. Insight for for me, yeah, because I didn't know that much about it. You know, you heard a lot, but this was really more in depth. And and yeah, and I found it really interesting. To be fair, I found this this quite interesting. All right, so yeah. so it's it's so it's kind of like you know you know the headlines. Like okay, the headlines of Maradona is uh, Mexico '86, Hand of God. It's uh, winning the World Cup single-handedly, uh, scoring that goal against England. Those are all the sort of like headlines of Maradona. And then later in his life, there's obviously the. Um, Later in his life, there's obviously the uh, drug abuse and all that kind of stuff that came up and all that. that yeah. uh, and, but you're saying this goes behind That's, the scenes and actually sort of gives you more context as to what was going on behind yeah, all these headlines. gives you more interest in, you know, they do say the hand of God, which is what we're all big at. And, and they touch on it. It's not like a huge thing. Yeah, does this a, focus on a particular period of his life or is it like no, his the, whole no, life? No, it's the whole life from when his he's young. Life. So it starts off when he's okay. young and he goes, to, he goes to Spain, goes to Barcelona. And then from Barcelona, he's there for a few years. So it's a okay. proper And then when he gets, then, when he gets really. to Italy, he's just like class, you know. So, so, yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty, pretty good Do movie. Do you need to I've be a football fan or someone familiar with like that world to, to enjoy it? 
No, I wouldn't have thought so. I'd have thought it's just interesting with the because although they, they, there's obviously a lot of football in it and they do focus on football, there's you, you know it's, it's there's a lot more involved and you know a lot more with his private life and where it went and okay. yes, yeah, good stuff. Good well, stuff. yeah, because I think yeah. I think Diego Maradona, he's the kind of character that he. <laughs> I mean, he's the kind of character that, that it doesn't matter whether you go into football or not. You're just kind of like, what's he going to do next? Yeah. Well, I think he wants to be Manchester United, doesn't he? He wants to be manager of Manchester United. I don't does know. He, does yeah. he neck? The, the truth is that you could, you, could, you, could tell me, you could tell me anything about Maradona and I would believe it. He wants to be the first yeah. man to live on the moon. I would believe that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. His, his life just seems to be crazy. It seems that he is never he is never far away from a news story, if not a full blown scandal. But it's so yeah. <laughs> so it's so I, this is something that actually I want to see because I think it would be just fascinating to see just someone trying to explain what the heck this guy was all about. Yeah, was all about. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, don't, you, I don't think you, you know some think of the crowd scenes. No, it's expressions. You know, he looks sort of quite terrified a lot of the time. To be fair, yeah. you know, he's like, and it, and it says it actually says it in the thing. There's like two people. There was Diego and there was Maradona. But sometimes he just looks absolutely terrified when there's like crowds of people around him. He looks like he's like, to me from the footage, he's like yeah. looks. He doesn't know where to look, and he looks at, and yeah. So, so yeah, it's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 worth a watch. It's All worth right. a watch. Cool, good stuff. Good Score? stuff. How many? Sto- yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to say that. Uh, I, I would say it's a, a really, really solid three. You know, okay. it's, it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. Oh. I'll probably. I mean, stretch it. Uh, possibly stretch it to a four, but I think you could quite easily watch this on Netflix or or on TV. You know, when it cuts, it's a film four, so film four is involved in it. So it'll probably be on film four soon, I should think. Yeah, but, so, yeah, but just but, because um, I, just because you could watch it on Netflix doesn't mean that it's less of a film. No, okay, okay. So, I, uh, yeah. Okay, then I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out and say it, it's probably uh, yeah. It could go a four. I could give it a four. I'd be generous right. on this. Okay, I was I was about to write three point five due to due to Sean's. <laughs> yeah, three point five is better. Three and a half. Give it a three and a half. Yeah, three point five. Three point five. Three point five because I can see that I can hear the conflict in you. So <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. Good stuff. And now we go on to a final film. And this is Sharon. You saw a film called Redcon 1. Yes. I probably don't need to spend an awful lot of time on this one, to be honest. I've seen this in pictures. Because <laughs> this is okay, a... Okay, I'll a, just write a one down now. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> I, let's I, just I, cut the score. Yeah. Redcon 1. Yeah. Did you not like it, Sharon? Well, it's a British zombie film. Mm. Of the worst possible type. <laughs> Do you think so, yeah? As in that it's poorly made, it's cheap, it's not very well acted, and it doesn't make a lot of sense in lots of places. Yeah. But saying that, it's a, it's a British film, so I like to support the British film industry. It's yep. quite violent. It's quite violent. It's got... It, I, the person, the, the people who wrote this and made this know their George A. Romero. They know their zombie history. Yeah. And okay. so there are nods, I think, to the zombie. And I think they've seen Warriors and I think they've seen Mad Max. There is a lot of Because there's elements <laughs> of those films in it. There's, I mean, but because this, but the thing that they... <laughs> the yeah, so the, basically the story is um, the zombie virus has escaped. Um, there was this mad scientist type guy who's been running experiments on prisoners in... in a prison system, uh, trying to develop a sort of a weapon, a weaponized sort of 
zombies so that combat soldiers who get injured can then carry on fighting even though they may be injured beyond their capacity or they may have lost brain function so it's this they've they want to create this sort of perfect soldier but as these things happen in these films something goes horribly wrong and it gets released into the general population and it quickly turns into epidemic proportions and they have to create they create this like a quarantine zone which basically takes in london essex kent most of the home counties and it's this huge area of britain is basically in quarantine zone and then and then within 30 days after the outbreak they send in this group of soldiers to try to find this mad scientist doctor guy to see if he can find a solution. To, he started it. They want to see if he can maybe find a, an answer to solving it. Yep. And it all comes down to like this, what they call patient zero, zero or patient yeah. X. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so the, 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 the genesis of this, this awful thing. Yeah. And so you have this so much so 28 weeks later where they sort of send the soldiers in. Uh, and then it all goes, oh, I think, went a bit mad. Yeah, with the motorcycle gang. Motorcycle gang. It's like, yeah, it's like you've, gone, you've had quarantine for 30 days, so already you've got a motorcycle gang where you wear your own makeup. Someone, yeah, I know, I know. It's, and it's there's mad. another gang. It's and a I was, totally bizarre, mad, crazy they, film. Yeah, and then they have another gang where it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're like bikers, and we're, and yeah, well, it's just weird stuff. Some, goes zombie on. bikers fighting and bikers. And it's, it's funny. And they have like zombie soldiers where yeah. they're, they're, they're zombies, but they remember what they do, and so they. Get some real combat. So you get some like kung fu zombies, don't you? Kung so fu zombies. Kung fu zombies. Yeah, motorcycle you've got gangs. Michael... You've got some weird, weird other people. Okay. <laughs> Even the, the people so, that go in there are pretty nuts, aren't they? So, all so, the soldiers are nuts. Yeah, that's what I mean. So Sharon, it sounds oh, like things nuts. It sounds like for what you're saying, it has because the the premise sounds a little bit like it's bringing something new. But it sounds like you're saying yeah. that uh, apart from the premise, after that it just becomes derivative and just sort of borrows from better films. Yes, it's. I think they've got nods towards other better films, even though they're not pretty high budget. Some of them, they just seem to want to deliver. Like Romero, he delivered on a shoestring budget. Yep. But this, it was just a bit of a hot mess. I think is the only way to describe <laughs> it. My my brother, <laughs> my brother actually was watching this with me, and then he sort of cleared off after a while, and then he came back and he said, "Are you still watching that?" And I said, "Look, I've." I said, I've given this an hour of my time. I'm going to stick this out to the end so at least I can review it at the end of it. <laughs> that's good, that's good. So, <laughs> so we're getting close now. That was How the many only... stars do you have? Two. Two stars. Two. Two, two. Oh, okay. two stars. That's, 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 that's going star. to make it interesting. I would, on it, the other hand, I... You I, have seen it, Sean I have seen, seen it. it. I saw this at the pictures. It was out for a week and I thought I'm going to go and see it. And it was the most craziest, maddest thing I've seen. So... Uh, I mean, I'd give it a three. I, I, if I was to watch it, I'd give it a three, just purely yeah. for the novelty factor of, of the motorcycle. And I love the motorcycles versus zombies when they yeah. have the face-off, like a big face-off. And then they're all like, you know, it's like a like a football match, you know. It's come like on, the Warriors, come yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you, you come know, on like, if you think you're I, I remember enough. when I used to spend yeah. in the 1970s on the football terrace and you're going, come on then, come on <laughs> then. That was just like that lined up. The zombies would be straight in, I would have thought. But no, yeah, they they're, they're waiting, aren't they? They have that little face-off with neutral, moving forward a bit. and Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a... It's fun film. I stuck it out for this show. Well that's done, how well de- that's how dedicated thank I am. Thank you, thank you so much, Sharon. Craft. We thank you for your service. That's right. I think, Sean, <laughs> I think you have said that it's so bad it's good. That's pretty much what. You, yeah, that's, that's, that's my that's interpretation. Much what you said. said. Yeah. yeah, it's so bad it's good. All right, cool. As you said, it has made it cool. interesting. It is close. And the final, the final thing is like this week. The winner is. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? I think it's Netflix. I think cinema. Do you draw? 
Okay. Call it a draw. Okay, the winner... I've wounded flesh wound. Yeah. The winner this week by 0.375 of a point is... Cinema. Cinema. Hey. Toy yeah. Story did it, Toy I think. Story, Story, I think Story must have done game. it. Yeah, yeah Toy, Story Toy, was, Story. Toy Story was the highest rated one. Toy Story was the highest rated yeah. one. Um, uh, Netflix was a mixed batch and all that. But anyway, I know you guys have to head off somewhere. And yeah, so we do, all, we do. All that's left to say is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we will see you guys goodbye. next week when we'll be watching I Don't Even Know Yet. I'm going to have to go and see what's what. Well, actually, I'm going to see Avengers, the new, the, the re-released version of Avengers Ed Game tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. I'll... Okay, we look forward to that. Okay, cool. And I will speak to you guys later. Okay. Bye speak now. to you later, Toast. Bye.